<laughs> Try to get centered here. Try to get centered after being so, so fucking out of it. Yeah. You know? Zone. Yeah. Being in the sick it, zone. It beat you up, huh? Um, it did. You know, I haven't been sick in like three years. That's good. It but is. See, that's the thing. That's when it usually comes and fucking wipes you out because you haven't been sick in so long. So when it when it hits you finally, it hits you with a fucking vengeance. You know? Yeah, I mean, I as soon as I noticed it was coming, like I I did every sort of thing because I knew I had to go through it. You know, there's no like preventing the cold. You just had to like how how's your trip going to be? Are you going to have a, an easy, smooth trip, predictable trip, or are you going to have this fucking like jump into the depths of, of fever dreams and hell? You know? <laughs> and I bet too, on top of that, with the recovery of you trying to get better, it's you, you handle it a lot differently this time than you normally would because you know that you got to be healthy to go away. Well, it, 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 since I was a kid, I've had this condition where Whenever my mother, I was a real mama's boy, whenever my mother would go away and she would travel like once a year, I would get sick like a week before she'd leave. It was a psychological trigger that just set me off and I would yeah. get ill and I went to doctors and everything and they would be like, there's nothing wrong with no you. Shit. And it got, you know, finally the doctor who was my pediatrician for most of my childhood, she was like, you know, what are, what are the factors that are consistent with you, with, with your son getting sick? You know, because my mom was taking me. And, you know, like, I, I poisoned him. <laughs> every time I go away. So it, it was it was figured out that, you know, I had this psychological attachment to my mom and that every time she went away, I would get sick. And I don't know if it's coincidental that I am going away, you know, for the first time in a really long time. So I'm anxious about traveling, you know, um, that maybe I've got sick because of that. But also, you know, I... I don't know. Every, uh, there's so much illness going around right now. Yeah, a lot of I mean, everybody's getting everybody's getting demolished now. Yeah. But is that is that a common thing with because I'm I don't remember. Is that a common thing with you that you normally do kind of get sick before you travel? Um, I would get anxiety. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Me too. I still I still would get anxiety, but like I like I used to you know before when I was oh, yeah, you know back in New York I was traveling at least three times a year, you know. Oh, and long distance trips and long term trips. So I think my, my mind got kind of used to it and I was a very good traveler. You know, I would never get ill. You know, I very rarely, you know, had problems even with jet lag. But it's been a few years since I had that kind of travel. And um, I know it just got me. It got me. You know, I've been avoiding it. And the weather has been so, so weird, warm, cold, warm, yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and my studio's in a basement, too. So it's. I spent a lot of time in a colder, you know, area and, you know, my guard was down for a second and yeah. it hit me. And it's like I said, as soon as I noticed it, I just started, you know, loading up on, you know, vitamin C and fluids and making sure there was enough ginger, honey and lemon in the house to last a week. And just, I had to put everything on hold, even though I saved so much work for the last week. I'm like, oh, I'll take care of it. Right <laughs> That's when it happens. <laughs> yeah, and, and then everything, like, you know, I hit the wall. Yeah. Manage, I managed to get all the important stuff. Like, by important, I mean, like, I had no choice stuff done in by parceling out the work, and I did a little bit, little every day. 
got it done and I postponed a few things. Like I wanted to release a, a new series of work this week, but you know, I lost so much time that, you know, I tried to do the work yesterday, but it would not, the work just would not be, it would be so rushed and not be up to the standards that I want it to be. I think your plan's better anyways, what we talked about the other day, you know, it's a better idea, like a better time to release it and stuff. The, uh, um, you, you mentioned the basement, but. The studio is completely refinished down there. It, 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 you can tell a big well, it's difference. A re- it's, yeah, it's a renovated basement, but a basement nonetheless. You know, yeah. it's still it's all concrete floors. In order to you know make it a studio, I had to rip out carpeting and stuff. So it's it's got you know exposed concrete floors, which are cold and hard and damp. Mm-hmm. And the guy who put this place together. You know, it was a real shithead. He really did things in, in a very, <laughs> back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a very, you know, a, a, you know, least cost and DIY, like uh, aspiring designer architect who honestly just didn't know what the fuck he was doing and didn't insulate properly. So, you know, I'm dealing with that, but whatever. And yeah. it's nitpicky. Besides the winter, the this, the basement's fine. And uh, it's just uh, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm recovering. I'm feeling so much better. I'm sure my voice is still a little bit um, even more muffled than usual. And my nose is stuffed. But I don't feel that weird, heavy head. head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like you got a fucking cinder block walking around inside your brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just stayed in bed watching yeah. a lot out of, lot of bad, bad TV. Like... <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give kudos though to, um, uh, to Amazon for having an incredible amount of really bad, uh, low budget documentary films, you know, that that run the gamut. Usually, like I started off, of course, watching like, you know, the history of the KKK in the United States and like mm. neo Nazi skinhead rock in London. Yeah, that shit just gets suppressed. I know it's, yeah, and, it makes and, you dark, you know? it's really weird because also these documentaries, I'm not clear exactly the point of view or perspective of the maker. Like, is it pro or anti? Yeah, like, yeah. are you celebrating these people? Then I'm like, I, I can't be watching this. And then I'm like, you know, watching yeah, and Googling stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, the FBI is going to come after me because I'm Googling yeah, all yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, these yeah. websites of like neo-Nazi, you know, hardcore music scene in London. And I'm like, I am totally going to get raided. And they're gonna find a sick Jew in a bed. Like, no, I'm just, just really, I'm just bored. I can't. So after that, you know, because I didn't have a fever, but I was somewhat delirious. So I'm watching like stupid shit, and I also was amazed by the amount of documentaries about juggalos that are out there. So I was watching a lot of insane clown. Are you serious? Oh my god! It, I mean, because I'm curious. How this even happened that you got like because like you fell into that rabbit hole of because like, I'm scamming through the documentaries. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Oh, I know about you know. There's some good ones about like punk rock and indie music and in, in the UK and in the states. And then I'm like, oh, but I know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I could watch these cool documentaries. <laughs> about, yeah, I could you know this for two hours. Like, I'm like I'm curious. Like it's like that fa- that casualty vampire syndrome, like the, the that roadside horror. Like I want to see what's going on, yeah. and it, it's 
it's just, just it, 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 it is it, 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 it's, it's totally that rubberneck thing where you fucking yeah. like you, you can't help but look at it or, yeah, or yeah, yeah, look it. away because yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes that's what i get embarrassed about <laughs> is how netflix has the watch history because <laughs> it's yeah, like, it a lot of times i won't even i won't no no the shit that shows what you've watched and that because yeah. i don't want to look back one day and realize like all this garbage that i've been fucking you know checking out and all that stuff yeah and yeah. i feel like whatever robot is running amazon is like well you liked this oh, so yeah. i recommend that <laughs> so, i'm yeah. like no you don't even know me no this is just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like absolute fascination, yeah. like morbid fascination I have with yeah. the like teenagers who, you know, smoke meth and listen to really bad white hillbilly <laughs> rap music. It's <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm confined to a bed, you know. I got my yeah. sketchbook, I got my box of tissues, and thankfully I got some live streaming. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'm anxious to get um, get out of absolutely and be able to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been. You don't normally get out to begin with. Never mind being sick. So yeah, and get out of the room. <laughs> you get out to feed. You get out to feed the birds. I miss the rest of the <laughs> and apartment. the squirrels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was gonna ask you how your week was. But <laughs> that was it, man. Yeah. My week took it took me by surprise, and. um yeah, in a fog, and now coming out of it. How about how about you? Man? I mean, I, I've been I've been on the you know, kept feeling that like that sickness approaching. I go outside to go grocery shopping or something like that, and then I come home and I'm like, oh, I don't, I feel weak, I don't feel so good, or whatever. Um, you know, feeling like that beginning of that flu symptoms. Yeah, yeah. But Tired. uh, but just just crazy, airborne and and vitamins and just trying mm-hmm. to stay uh things. The worst thing that's been happening is just i can't stay asleep so if i go to bed i've been mm-hmm. for the longest time for a couple months now i've been going to bed at seven eight mm-hmm. six in the morning and that and working all night and i could feel that it was uh, starting to really abuse my body and mm-hmm. I, especially we're no spring chickens anymore either so the uh nope uh but so then i then i got into that method of trying to go to bed at, at 11 and and and, and midnight and you know, some nights even ten, but like I'll find it. I find I wake up at three, three o'clock, you know, four in the morning, wide awake. So then I'm yeah. up until at least six or five or something like that. Depending. Yeah, on you need to you up. need to re- reset your clock. So your I haven't been getting. Yeah, I haven't been getting any like solid good nights of sleep in a long well, you time. You should you should try taking melatonin if it's really bothering you. Yeah. That you can't stay asleep through the night. You should try taking melatonin. Is that like a sleeping method? Yeah, thing? It, it 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 just is your it, it works with your natural sort of um like I'm I'm not going to give any medical terms because I'm yeah. <laughs> well you'll, it's you'll give us the way I can understand it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, it, you take it and it helps you. Um, it, it's it's good for like if you're traveling and with jet lag and stuff like that to ah. sort of balance you back into your sleep pattern. Mm-hmm. A serotonin, it, it, I think it is what it starts. It works with the serotonin. Yeah, it evens out all that shit. Yeah, you should try it. I it works for <laughs> those me. are the medical terms. Of even out yeah. that shit. Yeah, even that shit out. <laughs> take take a couple of these and even your shit out, and uh, try try to get, you know, yeah. jump jump start a normal sleep pattern and then just stop taking it. Yeah, yeah. You know? that'd be good. That'd be good. 
you could get that fixed. Well, we already kind of jumped in here. I mean, yeah, here we are. Should we give a little uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody? Yeah, yeah. Do we have any more? Do I need any disclaimers? Okay, I think I'm going to start off every show with a disclaimer, an apology. <laughs> I want to apologize to every like uh, you two and uh, Lady Gaga yeah. fan. I I honestly don't mean to tread on anybody's inspirations or or knock anybody's you know thing that they did. You're just speaking from the heart, man. It's my heart, and my heart is foul mouthed. (laughs) At times, at times, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but that's about it. I don't regret how I feel, but I but I I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But whatever. Everybody's got their own taste. Yeah, and get over it. Yeah, there you go. The okay. um, well, one thing. Yeah, what's on your mind? I want to talk a little art mystery, <laughs> so we'll have the art mystery section. Oh my god! This is art <laughs> mystery, mystery, mystery. No, do you remember where you were in 1990? 1990. Were you at yes. the art school. Yes. Uh, it was my that was my first year the September of nineteen no ninety one to ninety no nineteen ninety that was the year I graduated high school okay so, so you, be, yeah be, first half of the year I was um, in Rockland County where I grew up in New York and the second half I moved to Florida <laughs> for oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, I, I um I moved down there with a couple of friends from my high school and uh, to meet up with a, a girlfriend at the time who was living there with her family. So a couple of friends and I who were not going to college, the 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 few people who were not, you know, enrolled. So in it college. was like a little sabbatical before you. Did, now now did you yeah. know that you were going to 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 the art uh, art what the what the no. hell is it called again? The museum school. The, the museum school. school. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so you, you didn't know at that point? No. I okay. had no idea what I wanted to do. I I want I I had no I had no plans, I had no desires, I didn't even I didn't even have a passion f- for art that was I was into music. Mm-hmm. I was into music and acid, you know, that was all I knew <laughs> that I that I liked. So and and th- I was also into this girl. So I moved to Florida because she was my girlfriend for a year and I missed her and she moved to Florida. So since uh, my dad was living in Florida for a while at the time. I was familiar with, you know, Southern Florida, and I decided to just move in with my girlfriend. What, what, Beach. So how long? How long? How long did you take off before you decided to go to college? Six months. Six. Oh, okay, quick, quick. Yeah. Now, well, so well, that that brings me to this point. That's totally off subject of of, of where I'm going to art mystery. But um, it, 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 do you mystery. feel like it is a mystery? Everything's a fucking mystery. Did, did you do you feel that, that it's important, no matter if you're going to school for college for art or if you're going for business or whatever? I mean, do you think it's good for people to take time off before they go to college, or do you think it's a good idea to jump right into it? That's, I mean, of course, it's really based individually. Sure. Yeah. And it, but I think that momentum is important. Mm. When you're young and you're you're heading towards a direction, at least a direction, you don't necessarily have to know exactly what it is you want to pursue and follow through for the rest of your life. But if you have some 
direction with that momentum, I think it's an opportune time to take advantage of that energy because because you, yeah you might never it's, it, it's hard it yeah it's hard to go out in the world and then go back into the confines of a institution like a, like a college or any schools i you know on one hand i think tr- like experience is a very important thing it's very important to have life experience world experience but also on the other hand um discipline and knowledge of material is is very important as well so it's it's a trade-off it really depends how the person is hardwired some people are not meant to function or, or or have more trouble functioning within the constructs of what school is these four years this like a regiment of of classes and the whole educational system how it's set up some people just clash with it so intensely that they actually it, it actually keeps them from learning, I guess, because it's just you know water against rock. It, nothing is getting absorbed. They're not open to it. But um, I, I I think that jumping right into school after high school is a good time to do it because you are young and you do have those few years to fuck off, you know because. It's a good time to make those mistakes and fumble about learning what it is you like, what it is you don't like. And I think you'll be a little bit more ahead of your game if you get that out of the way, get that situated, and then you're, you know, you're you're more equipped with, with an education. Sure. Because that, yeah. that's the point, the education of knowing you know, about your whatever subject you're learning, the history of the things, the materials you need and the background of it. And that will help steer you in the direction to go maybe study further elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like say you fall in love with a specific subject that was, you know, um, pioneered somewhere else. So you study it and then you go abroad. It's giving you that you momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And pushes you in the right direction. Yeah. And I've, you know, from my personal experience and from experience of others that I've heard, you know, once you stop school, it's much more difficult to go back, back in. Back to it, yeah. If, Not, I think if I didn't go to school mm-hmm. right from the right. beginning after yeah. uh, after high school, then I would have never went, even though I didn't survive school. Well, what is surviving <laughs> school anyways? I mean, yeah. but, but, but uh, it, it, you know, I found at, for me at that point, it wasn't for me and I only did it did yeah. like a year and that before I dropped out. But, um, uh, but I used to think at one point that everybody should take time off, you know, and that mm-hmm. because you should get some life experience and really figure out if that's what you want to do and, 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 and to be able to go uh, take that road of going into school. Yeah. But I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of those places where it's that it, the more time you take off, the harder it is going to be that. Yeah. And even academically, even yeah. like from an academic standpoint, if you let's say you go to school for six months and then you drop out and then you go back in, just jumping back in the is, is harder because of all the academic, you know, um, uh, like transferring credits and all that kind of thing. It could just really stump you and slow you down. Absolutely. But, but also, you know, taking the time off is also a very, you know, it's a luxury, I think too. It's if you have the luxury of taking the time off, let's say six months, one year, before you go to a school for four years or whatever, that that's, I think, more beneficial than not, but it's also a luxury. 
you know, that a lot of people just don't have. They don't have the money. You have to get in the system Absolutely. of school because because you have the funding, how, whether it's loans or, or, or grants or anything. So you keep going until you have the education to get yourself a proper job to keep yourself, you know, with a roof over your head, you know. Yeah, and, and that, and that I just said that shit is not fucking cheap, especially the school you went to and the school that I went to was ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But I can only imagine what it is today. Never mind, you know, being um, uh, oh, it's uh, not like my, like, my, like my a sister's kids are going into college. Three of my sister's kids are you know dealing with college. The second one is starting next year, and the prices of the schools are astronomical. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, Never mind you're the pretty pressure. much in the debt yeah. for the rest of your life, or unless you get a really good job for at least a good, you know, ten years of your life after school. Yeah, the, yeah. The, but you you brought this up, and and I wanted to touch more upon it because I think that this was one of the most important things that I got from college was structure, and being put into the situation of, uh, 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 you said structure, but being like forced to work. You know, uh, uh, yep. uh, making that time to do it. And, discipline. And that, discipline, discipline. That's it, discipline. And yeah. that is the that's the hardest thing that I think that anybody, uh, uh, you know, when you're in school, you're forced to do it because you have these classes mm -hmm. and you've got to show yeah. up if you want to pass the class. Uh, mm -hmm. But as you leave school, I think that's the hardest thing for somebody to keep going and and, and to maintain and um, and to uh, uh, just. I don't know. I was gonna re no, keep rehashing no, stuff, but 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 it's so important because that's the reason why that's the way you're able to build this this repertoire of work, a portfolio, a, a history, a backing, get better. You know, you have to have to be disciplined, and you have to have structure to. Well, yeah, that's the nice thing about school is that it gives you it instills the habits. You know, it's like smoking. You know, you you start smoking and then it, it hurts and it sucks. It tastes horrible, and within a week, you know, you you can't live without it. But you're 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 used to it. And something like, you know, going to classes and watching how other people work and watching how your professors, hopefully, they're good and they show you like the, you know, the like proper you know, regimen of of habits good habits, mm -hmm. you know, then you have something to reflect on when you're out of school and you don't, let's say you hit a slump or, or, or a block, but you have this memory, this habit, this, this sort of muscle memory of, of how to get yourself back on track and something to, 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 to remember and reflect on. And school helps with that because it's not just you doing it. You know, you're surrounded by, you know, you have, you have your peers, you know, close by with like-minded goals. So it instills that, and you're, you know, it also challenges you, you know, to, to rise above because you've got, you're in a room with all these other people trying to do the same thing. And you, you you know, that only a few of you are going to survive as an artist, let's say, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I remember, you know, I remember very clearly my very first class of photography of my first year of art school. I had a professor named uh, Jim Dow. He was a photographer. He's still teaching at the museum school, actually. And um, he very bluntly and very clearly, you know, sat us down and explained, you know, he welcomed us and congratulated us. You're all said, fucked. Well, <laughs> you know, he wasn't he wasn't that brazen, but, yeah. you know, he said that, OK, you're all here. You're all in art school. Your, your, your mom and your dad are paying so much, you know, every year. And, you know, you it, it was the kind of school what the structure was that you didn't have to take certain classes. You take whatever you want. You you go to class if you want, and you were graded based on review system, 
you know, okay. a review board system. So at the end of each semester, you had two professors and two students and they would say, yay or nay. But anyway, so that led a lot, left a lot of room to fuck off. You could really, mm. really fuck off. And he, and he made it clear. He's like, okay, you have these next four years. You're going to be here. You have all this freedom. But let me just, you know, put this in your, in your head now so you realize that, you know. And I'm sure a lot of art schools use the same philosophy because it works, is that, okay, maybe five years after all you graduate, about 5% of you are going to still be making art. Let me be clear about that. And let's say about 10, 15 years after you graduate, 1% of you, and I'm not talking about the class, I'm talking about each graduating class will be making a living off of it. Statistically, that's what you're facing. So yeah. pay attention while you're smoking cigarettes in the atrium, which you can't do anymore because uh, the world became a giant fucking vagina or whatever, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, pay attention to these things when you're fucking off that, you know, you could spend the next four years and you could pass and blah, blah, blah. But when you get out of school, you know, you need to have that, that discipline, you know, pay attention now while we're here and you have all these professors and all these tools and all these resources to soak it in absorb it learn so that when you're on your own because you're going to be on your own mm-hmm. you at least have those habits and that knowledge to like move forward and progress mm-hmm. rather than like oh shit how does this work you know well you could have addressed that in your second or third year when you when when you confronted with that, but you were busy, you know, fucking off and yeah. you know, being a cool artist, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm an artist because I'm going to a reputable yeah. art college. Yeah, did, you know, did, did you did were there classes though? Did, were there were there figure drawing classes and, yeah, and things there was like that? Everything. Okay, there was everything. you get so, to choose, but you classes. didn't you didn't necessarily have to go to them. In other words, as long as you were making work and you were graded didn't, at this one yeah. point. I think the the point of this um, system was that you didn't have to choose one type of class. You didn't have to be a filmmaker or a photographer or a painter. You could do all those things at once. Yeah. You know, and if you didn't show up to class, they weren't taking attendance. Exactly. You, know? you were being. I mean, if you didn't attend, you didn't learn. So the only one losing out is you. Mm-hmm. And you know. Uh, at the end of every semester, you if you didn't have enough work that wasn't backed up with enough explanation of the amount and type of work you made, you would either get, you know, full credit, half credit, no credit, or double credit. You know, if you, like, really excelled, yeah. they would give you multiple <laughs> credits. Or double no credit. Well, no. <laughs> no. It, it, so it was really, you know, set up so it was in your hands. Yeah. Which is a little reckless, I think, for art school because art school in general is like it's kind of the laughing stock of of institutions because how do you teach art is a whole nother, you know, bag of bones. But, you know, if you they had great resources. So repetition. Yeah, repetition and and, and pay attention (laughs) And, and like knowing your materials. And this is something that I always try to instill anybody who wants any advice about art is like how to be an artist is I don't know, but know your materials, what materials, whatever it is you're into. Understand how they, yeah, yeah, how they work. Get very familiar with them. Take them to the limit and, and yeah. 
Yeah. You just get very, very familiar with them. Know how, know their capabilities, know their boundaries, break those boundaries, and and just be very familiar with it so that it is second nature. Like you pick up a guitar and you're a brilliant musician, you just strum and you could write a song without looking at the strings. You should be able to do the same kind of thing with your brushes, with your pencils, with with your with your chemical reactions. Mm-hmm. You need to know. Oh, this works well with this. Blah 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 blah. Know your materials. Know how to cut a piece of wood properly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And and if you don't like, like for instance, I I was studying photography. That was the root of everything. Of course, I I took drawing, sculpture, and and film. But you know, photography was my root base. But I liked mixed media. I liked collage, and I liked like really abusing the material. But on my third year, I, I decided to dedicate myself to learning how to make a perfect print first. I wanted to know how to make a, a fine, fine art print. You know, I wanted to know, I wanted to get it absolutely perfect before I completely destroy it. And you talk about using the dark room and, and yeah, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah film, getting the dark room. my film because, you know, digital cameras were, were like those little. <laughs> No, people were not. I don't even know. They didn't even fucking exist. No, they did. Those little like sh- like pocket ones that you take right. on. Yeah, but on you didn't get any resolution or anything off of them. Or, or super. Like, I mean, I remember three point five megapixels was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. Yeah. You know, but and people what, weren't and what's using it. Now, it? just uh, I'm out of curiosity, like what's what's. The oh, you can get up to a hundred. You, I mean, That's if you, you could afford a Hasselblad, if you could spend sixty thousand or eighty thousand dollars on a kit, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you can get up to a hundred megapixels. I, I, the last camera I got, which was like, you know, mid low grade is about 25, 25. Yeah. I think I should probably, I don't know. I, I should probably have less with the Canon, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But then, so you go through that to, to, to know the, the absolute possibilities and the limits. And then from there and you can deconstruct the it. respect. It's also the respect of the, the medium mm-hmm. you know, the, to know all this media, how like, to know it, its history, you know, to know to know the basics, and to know how to master it, how to make a master print, yeah. is I think it's just like any painter should learn how to draw the figure, you know, first completely learn. understand it and 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 know it inside and out before. Yeah, you so that it your out. eye, the way that when you look at a person, it becomes a natural trigger that you are following the contours and, and lines and shadows, and you're picking up on on the kinds of things instead of just looking at a person's face you're actually your mind automatically starts doing measurements of the eyes to the nose to the mouth the shadows on this side the lighting Absolutely. you can see you know there's a light here there's a light there and that's how you get dimension and perspective you know i think that's a super important tool you might know how to use oil paints brilliantly you know how to mix colors and 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 lay it down but if you don't know perspective and you don't know form you know you you're you're missing out I think it's super important where it's you got to know your limits too because it's making me think about thinking about this stuff. Is um, um, I was thinking about personally myself of how obsessed that I can get with something, and Mm -hmm. and I I cannot stop myself from 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 trying to refine it to the most finest points that I can take it to. But there's a point where that stuff becomes to be uh, stiff stale contrived uh-huh. yes. and overdone 
you know yeah. so it's like sure so on top of on top of this is it's which which we already touched upon is but it's that idea of also too knowing the limits and knowing when to be able to step back and be able to kind of tear it down again uh, the editing the editing yeah yeah editing how to edit yourself but you know the point I'm, I'm trying to make about like i'm not saying that if you don't take classes you don't know how you're not going to be able to make good art it the the, the point is that you're 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 equipping yourself mm-hmm. you're 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 armed and you have it, you have that knowledge, you have that technique so that it's going to make your journey with your art more filled, not maybe better, but like more rounded, you know, and more, you're going to have more levels that you can take your work. Like if, if you're a brilliant representative, you can make a brilliant representation of the figure and then you go abstract that talent of being able to use make a perfect figure is going to translate into your abstract work in a way that if you didn't have that talent, it would be different. You do yes. know what I mean? It, it's like, it's, it, it enriches. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it really enriches having that, uh, having that knowledge, uh-huh. you know? Uh, I don't know. Did we touch upon this first episode, but the idea of, um, of influence, did, uh, how, how important is that? Influence? Uh, Influence, it influence to the sense of of um, being able to take from it. Obviously, you're going to be an impersonation of it at some point or another. But yeah. then being able to step away from that, yeah, taking what you did, uh, taking what you got from it, hiding that within your work, but not hiding it, but spiritually, including like, it, including it. That's in but there. it also yeah. not being an imitation. You know what I mean? And that and, and, and how 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 important that is, because as, as you were talking, it started making me think about that idea of, you know, school study, all that stuff mm-hmm. is great. E- even if yeah. you're not going to school, even if you're just picking up books on drawing on a library thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're learning the figure or you're learning you're learning yeah. the chemicals in the dark room. You're understanding how yeah. they work and so on and so forth. But then that idea of, as we talked about earlier, about getting out, experiencing life, sure. seeing things or influence from other artists that. Well, that's another reason. That's another reason why I think, you know, going to school as soon as possible is good because you're going to get through that sooner, that point where you are, you know, going down the road of the masters and copying them, like, and straight up copying them Mm -hmm. because you learn, you know, it's like following their hand. So you learn how certain things are done, certain techniques, certain blending, you know, layering. And then eventually with, with, you know, practice and, and practicing your, your, your art, you know, you are going to, with life experience, pick things up that are individualistic, that is specifically your life and your subconscious. And it will, you know, as long as you keep making the work, it's going to hopefully, you know, you're going to molt, you're going to shed the skin of all your, your influence and you're going to come out and your voice will be, uh, you know, the loudest voice. You can't eliminate I think your influences because there's no reason to, first of all, because your influences are what charge you up. They get you excited. It's part, it becomes part of you, you know, the things that make you the person you are, the music you listen to, the movies you've seen become part of how you carry yourself, how you, how you interact with your friends, the places you go, the places you live. So you don't necessarily ever like lose that, but your own individual point of view and perspective 
comes through in your life and in your art eventually. As long as you keep, I mean, the best way to get there is just keep working, keep working, you know, like exercise, you build that muscle, you keep building that muscle and then you let that muscle rest and heal. And then you build that muscle and you build that muscle while feeding yourself this protein of inspiration and by like, you know, and school's also good by introducing you to things and people that you may never have heard of mm-hmm. because you'll be surrounded by people from other parts of the world. They'll be like, oh, where I come from, this is an unknown photographer, an unknown yeah, painter. Yeah, and they'll be yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah. this is brilliant. You know, oh, here's yeah. a copy How of the tape. How did I not know about this? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, because you're not from here, you know. And, uh, you know, th- this is my experience growing up. Now with the Internet, it's even easier to sort of share information which is fantastic, but also like uh, it, it kind of, you know. Well, you got to cipher through. All, yeah, there's a lot to cipher through too. A lot of there's a lot more filter. There's yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah. filter. Do, you know, you do it, whatever. You do the work, you filter and you edit and you figure it out. But yeah, like you were saying, editing that stuff is is uh, is a new challenge. And you know, it becomes another talent, how to edit, mm-hmm. you know, which is something I'm – learning a lot about now because I've only in the past year have uh, moved from film photography to digital photography. You know, I've just bought my first like pro professional digital camera. Yeah. And I've been shooting film since 1990, since 1990, I've been shooting film. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's when I took it up seriously. And been doing everything in the dark room developing wise and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I stopped developing my own film after school because it's just unhealthy you know i i developed you know reactions to chemicals and it's much easier actually and it doesn't save you a lot of money to do your own film it's it it's yeah well just, i just i mean in the dark room and you know you've yeah, been doing that prints. printing it for yeah. uh, ever the whole time that i've known you you know yes i've always so. printed my own stuff yeah. and now i'm learning a new printing process the digital and digital like you take instead of 12 shots on a roll of film i've been doing on medium format now i could take up to 400 shots in one session and then i'm like fuck you know the hand is just slightly to the right or the eyes are looking oh my god i know it's, it's like, fucking torture <laughs> It's so hard to pick that one shot. And then what do I do with these other 399? It's like, do I trash them? Or like, oh, maybe I'll print this one later, but it's the same. I just bought a hard drive. Now I'm going to get another one. Yeah. And it's introduced the challenge of editing. How, which is a good talent. It's good talent. But the amount of stuff to edit through compared digitally is, is phenomenal. It's a lot of time, you know, to take up. It's a, just a different new process. Yeah, I never thought about that that much before. The idea of what do you have normally twelve shots on a, on film? Uh, on the medium uh, format, there's like twelve to you know twelve shots per roll, and I would usually shoot uh, about three rolls mm-hmm. per session, you know, per model or per per particular location. You know, I didn't you know because of costs and because you know usually after three rolls I have it. You yeah. know? and the strange phenomenon. I'm sure a lot of photographers deal with it. It's either the very first frame or the very last frame. Other ones. Would become the one. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like one of those things. Like I look for the first one. That, that now the, when I get my film back, I'm like I immediately look for shot number one or the last shot on the roll. And I'm yeah. like. And Everything like, else in between? <laughs> yeah, for some reason. <laughs> it's just not as good. Yeah, that's crazy. Ah, that's crazy. All right. 
The art history of mysteries. All right, the mystery. Was that the mystery? How is that that a mystery? I want to know about your fucking schooling. So 1990, you were still still back in, 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 no, you weren't, you you weren't in New York. No, 1990, it's a very, listen, it's a very quick story. 1990, after I graduated high school, moved to Florida, very quickly realized that, um, two things, Florida sucks. (laughs) And for some reason, it could not find weed it was like an, a phenomena that and and this is like this is the first year 1990 was the first year i ever heard the words kind bud mm. you know mm-hmm. and for some reason down in florida before i moved there friends were talking about kind bud i'm like i grew up you know with with homegrown swag yeah you know? yeah you know i i got very used to like going to my backyard and grabbing weed and getting used to that that dank Weed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all dried out. So shit. I was very excited about this kind, but I was going to move to Florida and be like, Ooh, dude, you know, listen to Buttle Surfers and smoke kind, bud. but I could not find any weed in six months and I could not find a job for some reason. I, we tried finding jobs, couldn't find a job, couldn't find any weed. So finally I'm like, fuck this. And I moved back and I also realized like I should probably start considering going to college, you know, because yeah, I figure out what the fuck I'm doing with my life. Well, if you expose yourself to a place like Pompano Beach, Florida, you realize very quickly how low you can go. And I'm like, I got – I need to get back into civilization. I need to amp it up a little bit. And so I moved home six months later and I started taking classes in community college because it was mid-year. I couldn't apply to any like major institutions at the time and I wasn't sure. I wanted to be either a veterinarian or a uh, marine biologist. Mm-hmm. That was running in my head. That was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And then I started researching what you need to do. And You're like, like fuck no, that. <laughs> I am way too stupid. I cannot handle that kind of... <laughs> I guess I'll go to art school. <laughs> That's not why. I went to art school for even a dumber reason. I went to art school because, all right, I I moved back six months later, going to community college. I took a photography course as a filler because I was taking English, math, and history and stuff. And I had one more credit I had to take, so I took photography because my father was always taking pictures. That was my connection. Ah, photography, fuck it. I know what photographs are. Let me take a class in it. And I fell in love with it, you know? with no intention to pursue it. But since all my other friends were already away in college or still in Florida, I left like some of my friends were still actually living in Florida. I'm like, I'm out of here. My last friend from my hometown, she was um, applying to the museum school. And ah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you can't leave me here. You know, there's nobody else here. I'm going to be living with my parents and I'm gonna lose my mind. And so she showed me a catalog, and in that catalog I saw, for the first time, the work of Mike and Doug Starn, who were photographers that were using photography, mixed media, in a way I've never seen. And it really, really impressed. Popular guys? I don't, uh, you should yeah. look them up. Yeah, Mike, I, Mike and Doug I feel like I had, I feel like we had this conversation, I think, before, and I think I, I had, enough. but yeah, 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 yeah. So I applied to that, I was, you know, <laughs> I was doing little things like drawings. I was making wind chimes out of chicken bones. Really mm. dorky. Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> or Rob Zombie was making his horrible movies. You know, I was like, I was truly into that. I grew up with that stuff and I was into it. 
<laughs> and really crap. And I would, you know, like goofy drawings because I was a pothead and I liked the butthole surfers. So everything was kind of trippy and weird. And so I gathered up a box, literally a cardboard box of stuff. And I took it to Boston and I had an interview and, you know, I, I did well in the interview. They accepted. <laughs> See you in the room. This is my chicken bone. Yes. I had the- Wind chime. I had the word. This and- is my, this is my flesh, my flesh covered fucking table lamp. But you know, the, I, the intention I had was I wanted to do animation because I had a lot of drawings or the goofy drawings and, um, I'm like, Oh, I want to animate these. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. willy nilly. Like, what did yeah. I know? The amount of work it goes yeah. down. <laughs> and then you realize I did the same thing because, you know, all I ever wanted to do was work for Walt Disney when I was younger. And then I realized, once I realized what went into animation, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I took I took about a year and a half of film mm-hmm. while in, in my beginning. And it took me a year to edit down, you know, a three minute Super 8 yeah. movie. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Do you still have that? I do. I still have these films. Wow. I just don't have a projector. You know, if I had a Super 8 projector, I could I could play. But they're animations. The 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 the. Well, I wound up making I wound up making stop some stop animation, and I got into scratch animation where I was scratching into every tiny frame. You know, so that it was like you know it wasn't like really articulated animation. It was like squiggles and stuff on top of people. You subliminal know. messages and shit. Not subliminal, like no. right out, very blatant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. sexualized and and dark and 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 scary stuff. <laughs> but I realized, you know, the next step up is 16 millimeter. And if I want to pursue film, I also saw the amount of money, time, and other people you need to participate. And I just was not ready for that kind of collaboration. So I abandoned film and I and I and I stuck with photography and painting and I went deeper into that because it was more autonomous. It was more dependent on me solely to with the material to produce stuff. And I, I wasn't ready. The idea of collaboration, you know, it's was so funny because that became to be such a huge part of your life later on down yes, the road. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean what? It was so like a, five yeah. years later, collaboration was, you know, everything, everything. to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everything well i was hoping like me that you might have been in boston well i mean I, not that it mattered i mean i wasn't hoping but you know what during 1990 yeah 1990 because you know i was i was still in high school i was i graduated in 92 so we're a couple of years apart but uh you know so i was in high school but 1990 was a big year for boston <coughs> how so well you're gonna know right away because on saint patrick's day in 1990 when mm-hmm. all the streets were getting down and partying, mm-hmm. there was one street that was quiet that something big was about to happen. And that happened. You when... lost your virginity. Yes! Are you serious? Actually, it might have been 1990. No, that's, I don't that's, know. You just yelled, really? It might have been. Was... It no, I was old. I don't know if it was 1990, though. I was really <laughs> late in the game for okay. that. 
But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking okay. about my virginity here. Um, we're You're talking virgin? about. We're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is the mystery. <laughs> we'll be back yeah. next week with the answer to what happened on that one street in Boston in 1990. No, but a car approaches this uh-huh. street in Boston. Okay. And two guys dressed as cops approach the Elizabeth Stewart Gardner Museum. Oh, and the biggest art heist Mm -hmm. in a history, not even American history, in history goes down. So these guys go in there, which you're very familiar and most of our listeners, I'm sure, I should hope to God, are are familiar with this story. These two, two guards show up to Elizabeth Stewart Gardner Museum, approach the door, ring the bell, Say that they're, because they heard a disturbance. Hmm. A call about a disturbance. The guards at the museum let them in, instantly begin to tie up the the two guards that are there. I believe it was only two. Two guards are there and seemed like a very planned out thing because they went right for, and, and for people that don't know, Elizabeth Stewart Gardner is a, uh, she was a socialite in Boston. Um, she had uh, the largest art collection over from Europe, American, you know, of the masters of masters, Degas, Rembrandt, Michelangelo's, Vermeer's, Sargent's, the list goes on and on and on. When she died, she left uh, the, one of the most beautiful gifts ever. She left her home to the city of Boston as a museum. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing about that museum is that she left in the will was nothing was ever to be touched, moved. So. She wanted. Uh, I'm getting chills actually just thinking about it. She wanted. <laughs> she wanted. She wanted her home to be left uh, as as it was lived in. So all the paintings to stay exactly the way that they were, uh, in the order that they were, and mm-hmm. in the in the actual rooms that they were. And if you've never visited this museum, if you ever find yourself in Boston, you have to go there. It's it's probably my favorite museum. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it def- definitely in the U.S. Um, you know, obviously you got huge museums like the Met and 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 and, and MFA and you know that have these master amazing works. But as a, I guess, other as an experience, of, it's, as an experience, it's, it's, it's a unique kind of setting. It's gorgeous, you know. right? <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. So, so, so gardens, beautiful gardens, mm-hmm. outdoor spaces are really gorgeous. So, uh, biggest art heist in history happens twenty eight years ago to, to today or this year. Right, okay. and at, so this happens at one twenty-four in the morning. These 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 guys dressed as cops go in, tie up the guards, go right for what they want, mm. and what they want, they find, they go for three Rembrandts, one Vermeer, one very very, and and, and Vermeer, if people aren't familiar with Vermeer, he has a very very limited amount of paintings. So that was you know a, any mm. of these paintings go, going gone was a, was was a devastation to sure to the art world. But uh, three Rembrandts, one Vermeer, five works by Degas, one work <laughs> by Monet. That's some good taste of those thieves. Yeah. And for f- some fucked up reason, they went for this Napoleon Gold Eagle thing. And you gotta yeah. wonder, right? And it's just like a like a like a like a statue thing that goes on top mm-hmm. of like a flag of like some yeah, Napoleon yeah. flagship, right? But you gotta wonder that <laughs> that one guy that took that was like, I gotta get this from my house. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm getting this. I'm getting this for the for the boss or whatever. Yeah, all sure, these like, other things. Yeah, these paintings were going to be sold in the black market, and uh, 
and this is this is just for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm exactly. Keep exactly. It's not my front. I'm gonna put that on my front porch. <laughs> yeah. So, so this takes me to the point. Now, there's been so many things that have happened out through this out through this uh, uh, time frame of the 20 what's 28 years now, where yeah. um, people have come out. They, you know, some people thought it was like a Whitey Bulger thing, and 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 mm-hmm. or, or or other type of mafia type of heist and and all that. There was one guy, I guess, that did go away. He got uh, caught for doing other crimes and art. I'm totally. Probably my history here is wrong. I didn't fully finish doing my research, yeah. but I forget what his name was. But he came out about Oops. saying that he planned the heist, but it couldn't have been him because he was in jail when the heist went down. But it was supposed okay. to be his friends that happened. Now, at this point in our history, <coughs> it is known that the FBI knows exactly what happened and what mm-hmm. happened to the work, but okay. they won't fucking say what happened. Why? Do you know why they won't? I no. Well, to probably to protect the current owners and not to not upset the market. I don't know. I know. So this this is the reason why I bring, now. So this is this is what fucking boggles my mind. That that, that and this is why I wanted to talk about it because I've been watching all this shit and obviously this is a story that's haunted me forever and every and any other art lover and stuff. That's mm-hmm. really into classical art and shit. But why the fuck wouldn't they say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Why I, don't I'm you not, know? Listen, when when you're dealing with such valuable art, yeah, I, mean, I think the people, the people that wind up having it in possession must have some influence to the point where, you know, you're above the law, you know, yeah. and that, you know, it's like let sleeping dogs lie at certain point because it would do more harm than good in another area. Who knows, man? Now, 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 now what's your thoughts on the work? They don't exist anymore. They've been destroyed. You think? Kind of. Unfortunately, I hate, I don't I, I hate so. to think that. No, I, I think But what do you do with it other than lock that shit into a vault? Yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do. Because you, you think down the line a few generations down, I mean, especially nowadays where the, like the collective memory is so short term that, you know, who gives a fuck if somebody stole this, you know, in 200 years? Yeah. You have, you have a you know, a three million or eight million dollar painting. Billion, yeah, at that yeah. fucking point. The, the uh, there was another art art heist. Well, I mean, there's been a bunch of them, but 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 just to touch upon another one. And I I didn't write any of this stuff down, so this is just off the top of my melon. So I'm gonna fuck up a bunch of this probably. But at the Van Gogh Museum, I forget what year it was, but a Van Gogh got stolen from the Van Gogh Museum, and those guys uh, got caught for doing it. But they never gave up where the painting is because mm-hmm. there's a law in Denmark, Netherlands, 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 that uh, that uh, if you have something long enough, it becomes to be you become the ownership of it. Yeah, I mean, fuck, look what look at all the art that was stolen from, from the, the Jews, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. by the Nazis that are in Switzerland, and it's like there's a lot of like, well, you know, who, mm, yeah, yeah, well, you know, those 
Those and are the, only, the only reason why some of these people have gotten them back is because the fucking actual families have fought tooth and nail. I mean, yeah, you have, remember what and, happened and a lot with, of, uh, uh, what's his name with the gold? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. You're talking about what? Um, Klimt? Klimt. Klimt. The Klimt yep. painting. That shit was dragged out for years and it was proven I mean, that it was that woman's fucking and, painting. And that the, the amount of work it takes to get stuff back. I mean, fuck. So even on a small scale, how, you know, the cable company is able to, to, to raise your, your bill every month. And in order to get it lowered, you have to go through 18 phone calls and 36 hours on the phone and hold to the point where you're like, ah, fuck it. I'll yeah, pay and they know 10 that, bucks this month. And they know, you know people aren't going to do that. So yeah. exactly. That's what they depend on. The amount of work that you have to go through to get that's your right. justice is so extreme and expensive that it's actually you know people give up people just don't bother yeah <coughs> excuse me so it's not a surprise to me that you know things are, are are just like kept under wraps for long periods of time and you wait for a couple of generations to die off and then you take it out of the vault and you throw it up on the wall and now it's you know, the value is is the forefront of the story, not exactly where it came from. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. every every witness is dead. You think every, that that you think that you think you think something. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like what you've already said with you know with the whole shit that happened with the Nazis stealing all that all all that stuff from from everybody is just, yeah, the people who are really concerned and how much that's mellowed out, you know. So <clears throat> yeah, like the people who are really pushing that, you know, the subject, you know, that that enthusiasm dies off with every generation. Luckily, something like the 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 Isabella Stewart Garden, you know, museum has a foundation, so there will always be somebody who's interested in seeing justice yeah. and pushing that issue and hopefully you know with the timing being right you have the right person who's at the foundation you have the right person who's in the investigator the right person who is in control of the painting all come together at once and be like okay well maybe let's give the painting back mm -hmm. you know but in the meantime there's you're probably never going to see it again in your lifetime mm. so you think that the work still exists oh yeah it's like, you know, the va the value will only go up. You bury it, you know. Mm -hmm. And the kind of people that own that kind of stuff, they don't need to spend the money that it's worth in their lifetime. They give it to their great, great, great grandchildren. Yeah. You know, inbred motherfuckers. Mm. What a sin. Yeah. yeah, but what a mystery. Yeah. yeah. It just, you know, it brings me to the... Uh, that yeah, side of <laughs> what's that you're very frustrated yeah it. well no yeah because it just it you know it, like it, that shit it just hurts me it it really hurts my feelings when <laughs> i think about that work being like just gone and then i think about these these other um which they're entitled but these other these other people that are able to buy these you know Eight hundred million dollar, whatever the fuck it is, like paintings of 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 of, of uh, Leonardo of Renoir. Da Vinci. Or, well, no, yeah, Ren, yeah, but like the, the, there was the uh, I forget the name of the painting, but that Renoir that went up probably at, at this point over ten years ago, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think somebody from China got it, and it's just gone. It's just disappeared. You know, it's like in a vault or somewhere mm -hmm. else. And it's just that that stuff is like not able to be seen anymore. You know, yeah. and it's such an important painting in history. 
Yeah. And it's such an important piece. Uh, granted, we we the public are what made it important and that, and uh, um, so that raises a whole other fucking question. Well, we, <laughs> but, the, the, public's, the public's desire for it makes yeah, it yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, exactly. It's I mean, besides the talent and and the rarity of it, you know, it's definitely the big bulk of the value. But the more we want to see it, the more value, you know, it's a supply and demand. The demand to see it is high, and the supply is low, so it's very, very valuable. And um, and rich people just love having little special little things, you know. They well, they, the, the, Bengal tiger the club, pets, right? and I mean, it's up? all it's status, clout, status, clout. Yeah, yeah showing off, showing off. Yeah, yeah, showing off. Who's you got know? the bigger dick? So this so raises me this question. Keep on the stolen art fucking thing. Do you think? Do you think if the Mona Lisa wasn't stolen, that it would have became to be as popular as it actually became? Because I don't think the Mona Lisa, from 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 the stuff that I've looked into, was ever nearly as popular as it became after it got stolen. I mean, that that, that adds definitely a an exciting element to to the to anything. You know, yeah. whether it's a rare diamond, the you know the Hope Diamond, or it's a Mona Lisa, or 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 you know. You know, it's somebody's kid, you know, being mm. stolen. All yeah. of a sudden, you care so much about it. It, it yeah, it adds that that story because the story behind something adds a great deal of value. Yeah. You know, yeah. like who the model was in a painting. You always the lover of the artist, or it was the daughter of a, you know, a, high society, or or yeah, or she was you know, uh, a brilliant mind. You know, story behind something is I think a huge amount of value of something because the, the more contemporary the story, the more connection to contemporary people you have. Yeah. Bill's legend. Know? And yeah, yeah, it's, there's it like, it's like a rebirth, you know, of, of the work, you know, adding on to something it's accumulating, even though it's the same painting of an artist has been dead for centuries, you know, it's still, it's still gathering a narrative you know, and the narrative becomes more, you know, less about like the painting and more about, you know, what happened to that painting and who was shot and who, you know, who was hiding it and who, how did that whole thing happen? You know, the mystery mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It adds value, a lot of value. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, more than just a painting. Yeah, it, it there's a lot more to it. Yeah. It keeps it keeps the story is more important than the actual work itself. <laughs> yeah, it's still affecting people's lives in yeah, yeah. in new ways that will now carry on. You know, it gives it a history. Yeah, you know, and that's that's important. Like if it survived a bombing or something like that, it's like this is one of ten paintings that survived a bombing of a museum or yeah. a house. Yeah, you know, it's... that's going to add value to that because it's been through something, just like a person's life. You know, that's... yeah, it's funny because it's funny how it it, it it adds a value. However, how how it becomes to be gotten forgotten too along the way because you know, you talk to a lot of people that they, they'll they know of the Mona Lisa but they don't know yeah. the history of. Uh, of that, it got you know. The, the, never mind the the who it possibly was of, mm -hmm. or, or or all that stuff. But that it got stolen and and but 
I feel the reason why it became to be so 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 uh, iconic and huge because mm-hmm. it wasn't until it was stolen that there began to be postcards made, and then it was obviously printed in every newspaper. Yeah, and what a, about like it was the, a huge thing that happened? What about Marcel Duchamp's? The you know the the the, the with the mustache on the Mona Lisa. Like, yes. It's, yes, yes. It's, that's another story about it, how it contributed to a whole different, you know, um, genre of art that it rep- started to represent a different genre of art that had nothing to do with when, when it was first created. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it becomes another point in history, you know. It's, it's taken on a life of its own. This inanimate object is affecting people to do things, you yeah. know. By just sitting there and with that mocking smile and smirk and eyes, it, it's almost ironic. It has like a, a certain irony to it that yeah. is drawing, you know, yeah. it's very, very magnetic. Which it kind of wasn't, but it got made to be ironic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and the more you say its name, you know, the mm-hmm. more you hear it, it doesn't matter if you know where it's hung or who painted it. You know about it. Mm-hmm. And so that it that instills it even deeper into ingrained in history. It's like yeah, it's that's like a, the first time I seen the Starry Night too. I thought Starry Night for some reason I don't know why I thought it was going to be huge, and oh, it's yeah. it's it's a little painting, you know. It's the story behind it because it. exactly, and then you see murals painted of it on the side of buildings and 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 posters of it. So you you always have this idea. And then I went to the modern and that's museum where the power one day, is. and I was like, oh, wow, it's a really that, fucking that, small painting. That's a beautiful thing about the art, that art in general is so powerful because it, it, you know, initially it's an idea. It's a thought, it's an idea and an emotion which could grow outside the boundaries of the frame of the original work, mm. which is amazing way to, you know, affect people, you know, to touch people and, and to carry out the tradition to immortalize your idea and yourself, the artist, is by touching people that way where that thought and idea is now in their hands and it's grown big. And when I first saw the first painting that I registered in my memory in, as a child is by Peter Bruegel of the tower of Babel, the red oh, tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when I, I was in uh, you know, I've been obsessed with this painting for so long. Like it is the first time I recall in my life as a child, opening up a book and registering a piece of art. Like this is a painting and it hit me. It resonated hard. And to the point where now in my life, starting maybe 10 years ago or, or longer, I've been obsessed with recreating towers. Mm-hmm. You know, longer, and, yeah. and I've never seen it until I visited um, uh, uh, Rotterdam. I was like maybe four or five years ago. You know, staying with uh, Daniel Van Ness mm-hmm. in Rotterdam, and I didn't even know at the museum there, the, the the museum of art they had. You know, I they were having a Bosch exhibit. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to go see Bosch because Bruegel and Bosch were the two books that I looked at, and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy stuff because it somehow really kind of mirrored what I was into, which was like Richard Scarry's books of like the, the the best book ever where there was like these towns of foxes who were policemen and lowly worm and all these animals. And there was a very yeah. intricate like scenes with all these details. And then I looked at Bruegel and I looked at Bosch and all these intricate scenes, of course, they were much darker and intense and skeletons and, and, and demons, but it somehow mirrored what yeah, I was into. I was like, 
I was like, oh my God, this is like a, the other flip side of what I'm being shown as a child. And this is the world and this is the other side. And I was so into it. Anyway, I, I, I saw that they had a, the, um, the Red Tower at this museum in Rotterdam and I was super psyched. And I was walking around the museum and I was just trying to pretend that I didn't know it was there. And I just wanted to round a corner and it to surprise me, you know, because I've been waiting years to come across, you know, it's like, I know who you are. I know what you look like, but you're could Are you there? No, I'm just browsing like, and eventually, you know, I round a corner and boom, there it is. And it's this tiny little, really, painting. it's so freaking small and it's super detailed and everything like brilliant. But my impression was so grand in the scale of my personal, you know, mythology of this painting. I was expecting at least a three or four foot painting. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 This thing is like, you know, 20, 20 inches. It's, it's super small. Yeah. It's yeah. like I was really taken aback of my expectations of the size of it. Of course, it, I stood in front of that thing for I don't know how long. Just like I didn't want to leave it, you know, it was like, come with me, uh, you know, like, how can I, how <laughs> can I take on. this? Yeah. I was just, you know, I knew that, you know, the next time I'll be in Rotterdam, I never know. And I just wanted to be in the presence of this painting. You know, you, you feel like, well, maybe if I close enough to it, something's going to Did you visit it more than once me. that day? Did you visit it more oh, than yeah. once Oh yeah. I, I walked yeah. around the museum and then I went back to it. Yeah. 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 Then now I, was there any more of his towers there or was it just the red no. one? Just the just the red tower was there. The other tower, I think, is in another place in um, uh, in in uh, I'm not sure if it's in the Netherlands as well. But but that 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 expectation of my own, you know, thoughts. Of course, I could have easily have read the dimensions in the book. I never did. Yeah. I, I, well, they're always in centimeters, anyways. So you're like, yeah, it's all centimeters. Yeah. Oh, I gotta get a fucking out. Three hundred centimeters. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's enormous. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah, it's the same thing like Mona Lisa too. You know, the thing's super small. Yeah. 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 A lot of Dali's <laughs> earlier stuff was like that too, where you look at it like the melting clocks, or whatever, because you yeah. see posters of them. So you're like, yeah. this thing's gotta be gigantic and then you see it and you're like oh wow it's fucking like literally five by seven or something you know the story, the story in your head is so big but the painting the yeah. only paintings that i've come across that were i think the size that in my mind were the botticelli's botticelli yeah 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 botticelli right. now now was Bruegel was was Bruegel known to work fairly small um i don't know because yeah. Bosch actually has, I mean, I mean, with a lot of his triptychs and his 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 uh, altarpieces, they're they're rather large, actually. Yeah, some are. I mean, if some. you break down each panel, they're not that big, but you know, with multiple panels, of course, they're they, they're getting bigger. But you know, I there was a Bosch exhibit at the same time when I was there, and I luckily got to see you know like thirty Bosch pieces, wow. which were absolutely incredible. You know, but they were also, you know, not that, not that big. Yeah, I mean, when they're just normal painting or not normal, whatever. When they're just the individual paintings, they're fairly small. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. Wow. But their existence in the subconscious and the collective unconsciousness is huge. These things are big, which is why I get like suspicious of these artists like, you know, and I'm going to shit talk now a little bit. <laughs> 
you get these artists that are doing like you know uh, like Jeff Koons these enormous sculptures. I feel like well, they, he's this not doing very that. this. Well, you know, if having a factory is fine. You know, your vision it's fine. That's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue about that. That's I wish I had a, a, an army of workers because then I could do other things. But you see these giant puppies and like with this, you know. It's so big. It's like it's like stop shoving it down my throat. And 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 the impact of it is really based on size. Because if you look at it small, like even his small look sort of at like this dick. It, it's just like yeah, this giant balloon puppy ones. It's like oh pop culture. Yeah yeah. Ugh. Too much pop culture. Let's stray away. Anyway, you know I I find it like a little bit forced, a little bit a little bit too too in your face, too 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 um you know literal and um also like these mural sized paintings you see on sides of buildings of like uh like whatever so you want to call it street art or graffiti or stuff and i'm not bad mouthing all graffiti so don't get me wrong but see a lot of these like huge so-called impressive pieces you know i i see that a lot of is based the impression is really based on the size of it you know, Absolutely. where you think about the substance of it, it's like, nah, yeah. it's, that's, that's tacky. Not yeah. only is it tacky, it's highly referential and, and redundant. It's like, okay, that's, you know, actually, I'd rather see some rusty bricks and, you know, with drips down the side. I find that Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, and then you see Van Eyck's altarpiece. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? I actually want to go see that before I die. I forget the name of it. Do you know Which the one? name of it? Van Eyck's altarpiece? Uh, the Van Eyck, yeah, the um, uh, the the crucifixion one. Uh, no, no, it's not the crucifixion one. It's the one with the lamb and and, and the uh, on the. I mean, I mean, it's, it's multiple sections. Well, there's 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 some multiple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've well, seen that's... his crucifixion one. I've seen yes. his like really with the really mangled, uh, you know, the, the, the twisted hands and. Yeah, this is the one of um, this. I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. This is the one with uh, Adam and that. Uh, we we can edit here. Oh, you talk about like the temptation, the the Garden of Eden. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep, yeah. That's it. Now I'm just curious. Want to get the fucking name of it? The Earthly Delights? No, that's Bosch. The... I don't feel like this is the name of it though. The Adoration of the Lamb. I don't think that that's the name of it. Looks like an adoration of a lamb. They're adoring that lamb. That was it. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Where is that? Uh Germany. I don't know what part. Donde está in Germany? In Alemania. That's my German. And yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, gracias. I don't know what the fuck you said. We. <laughs> 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 That's my French. <laughs> but wait a second, is that Italian? <laughs> or do they both say we? No. The, the, in Italian, it's both uh, C. C. It's, it's been a while since I've been over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's uh, the adoration of we the should land. Talk I about, something we, different. We should talk about our trip to France sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our journey. Yeah. Journey yeah. To, I, mean, I, I, I mean, we have a lot of journeys over in Europe. We have the journeys of Khan, we have the journeys of London, we have the journeys of uh, Berlin think, a couple think, times. Yeah, but I think the, the one in France is the most compact and story-filled yeah. one because, I mean, it was... 
blurred lines for me. That's when we we took a flight together in that one. Yeah, was yeah. that the one we took the flight together? Yeah. And they said our names over the inter. This is yeah. a great story. And then yeah, I yeah. tell this. I think okay, she okay, the story. Let's, right. let's get off track okay, here. Let's get right. off track. For the, this is was for the uh, what, what what do we got on time? We got like oh we got minutes. plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Okay. This is for the uh, this uh, the, the 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 festival, so called you know so called festival art festival in Cannes that was called Fusion Five. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. And that was uh, organized by uh, this monster from uh, the Stricken <laughs> Gallery that we worked with and the Partouche family. Uh, apparently a very you know wealthy well to do wow, you got a good you got a good mind I, I wouldn't even know their fucking name oh uh, um whatever they you know some some rich people who wanted to be involved in arts because they had money and they thought it was cool but they just really wanted to do cocaine you know <laughs> and uh and be you know whatever it was their thing of the week you know, these each people jump from this to that and that. And now I want to be involved in the arts. Uh, so whatever. One one monkey sucked money from another monkey and made this whole festival happen. <laughs> and it's, it's called the Fusion Five in Cannes. And it took place in a hotel. And the premise was in this hotel was going to be, you know, se- several. Well, that was that was really the point. Of it. Is, is it not the point? Was the point to be debaucherous? I mean, why else would you hold a festival in a town like Cannes where you're not going to just have, you're not going to have street traffic? You're only going to have people who are in Cannes, and people in Cannes are either you know working at the hotel or rich visitors. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so the premise was each room that was out like there were several rooms, and each artist that was assigned to a room was to decorate it with their art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were assigned different rooms kind of randomly. So we weren't on the same floor, whatever. I don't know how it was set up. Anyway, <laughs> several artists from this stable of artists that we were working with at the gallery at the time, uh, myself included, you, we had what? We had like uh, Kristen Farrell. Yeah, Matthew Bone. Matthew Bone. We had Angie Mason. We had, um, I really don't want to forget anybody, but. Yeah, uh, there, was so, there was so many of them. Yeah, there was many artists that were basically. The, the 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 stable was of Daniel art. there. Daniel Van Ness. Yeah, was, was he there? Daniel, call I us. I want to say yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we we should get Daniel on at one point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Uh, I, um, several of us and whatever we were, because it was backed by this you know wealthy family in this fancy hotel. I forget the name of the hotel. I think it was something nine, like the the name of the hotel. I still have my pen from the hotel that I stole. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we were all given money for flights, you know, all the shipping of artwork was paid for. That was beautiful. All the flights were paid for all transportation and, you know, food, you know, was supplied. There were dinners every day and pretty much bottle bottomless bottles of absolute vodka was su- supplied as well. Yeah. Never fucking ending, man. And there was, ba- you know, it was set up with bands like I think, um, what, what's that band that uh, was playing from? They were from New York, and it was like Paul Sevigny, a band at the time. Like I uh, forget what they were called. What were they called? Uh, oh, my, my memory um, is so bad. They're like boutique band. They were a boutique underground New York band. They were boutique in the sense that the only reason anybody listened to them is because some a famous actress brothers was in the band. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was it was good music. It was a good time, and like Car- uh, Carlo McCormick was yep, there. Car- yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, okay, so but you and I, 
since we were both in Manhattan at the time, we flew out there together. Yeah, well, dude, we went all we went all the way to fucking uh, uh, Newark, didn't we? We were from Newark to Charles was, de Gaulle. We, I mean, which from, we weren't paying for shit, so it was fine. No, but no, it was no. so fucking weird. But yeah. Well, yeah, international flights, you know, are limited in airports, so we had to fly from Newark to get to Charles de Gaulle, and then we had a connecting flight from there. Oh, that's right. And we totally got lost in the airport, and we're like, we almost well, went too, to. Well, the thing oh, was is that we didn't even have fucking like when we landed, we literally only had like a like like fifteen minutes to get to our connecting yeah. flight. Our and connecting it was on the airport. other fucking end of the airport. In the worst airport to be lost in, which and is Charles. Did we have to go through customs again while we were in the? We almost day? did. We went online, oh and then God. the guy was like, "You're going in the wrong place." And we, and then all of a sudden, over the intercom, we hear in French, blah blah blah, blah David Stupakis, uh, <laughs> David Hochbaum, Gate, blah blah blah, blah, blah. Like, and we're like, "That's us!" And we were <laughs> on the line with the customs guy, and we're like, "That was us." He's like, "Okay, good, go." You know, it's like you because we didn't know where to go. And we yeah, heard our like, name. You're off. Go, go it to it. It was amazing. Like, I've never heard my name over an intercom since elementary. I was like, school. we're famous. Yeah, since I got called down to the office for the principal, I've never heard my name on an intercom. And it was like French, blah 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 blah. And then you heard David's pokies. And I was like, oh my god, that <laughs> my shout name out sounds awesome. In and then we're like, wait man. a second, this, we should listen to this. This is important information. And we and so. What, we made our way. We found our way to I this. I thought fucking I was gonna have place. a fucking heart attack. I remember by the time we got to the, uh, the my heart, like because we never, and then we're running with all of our we're bags running. and shit. And fucking yeah, because they were calling us for last call for boarding, yeah. and we didn't even know what part of the airport. <laughs> Luckily, we did make it in time. We got to this fucking hotel, and it was a shit show, you know, because. Everybody else was there and we're like seeing friends from across, you know, the country that we haven't seen because they live in California or friends that we have seen. And we're like, it's weird seeing people that you see occasionally in New York in France, yeah. in the south of France. And like, this is awesome. And they're like, here's some vodka. And we're like, yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> here's all the food you can eat yeah, and yeah. all our yeah and we didn't have to lug any of our paint this is like the first time we didn't have to deal with shipping and ourselves so it was very exciting and we, we were all shown our rooms and the rooms were insane you know they yeah. were like sweets yeah, the, tub, the, the tubs were like hot tubs remember the had, fucking yeah, giant it, thing it, where you could go swimming in them yeah next to my bed was a hot tub with lights in it and stuff and yeah. like most everybody had balconies and all that other shit. It was <laughs> fabulous. It was really amazing. like over the top. But, you know, of course, very few people made money. It wasn't like a no. a, a thing to, to – it was, it was, it was really – it was it was a circus. It was a bit of a circus yeah. and it was a bit of like a showing off, you know, mm-hmm. of the people who were doing it. And it was a. It was also showing off of people who wanted to hang out with the artsy types. Yeah. Like this is, you know, they were you pretty got much to feel paid. special for a long weekend. Yeah, you know, yeah. And we and we felt special. I felt special. I, God, I got so drunk. <laughs> I know, dude. I thought you were fucking dead. I was getting ready to kick the goddamn door down. <laughs> well, that, was, that was the same night though that I woke up that next day with the fucking trash barrel stuck on my head and I, I thought I was fucking going blind because I couldn't get it off and I thought like I just woke up and I was like what the fuck's going on well it, it's so kind of a blur I don't even remember how many days we spent there if to me it felt like 24 hours I know we were there for a couple of nights but yeah. there was like the main night we went downstairs the last 
like coherent memory was we were rocking out to the band, mm-hmm. just chugging beers and vodkas. And then we went to the club, went to some club, like they, they took us to that dance club because there was like the VIP section and, and there was like a giant. Oh, like, that one's got a fight and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I squared up to one of those French bouncers. Remember, he was like, he was like twice my size, French guy. Anyway, there was the VIP areas, and the inside the VIP areas were oversized bottles of vodka, surrounded by smaller bottles of vodka. It was like, in case this one's not yeah. big enough, you too big. You have the small ones, and I was like. VIP, that's us, you know, we were the fucking VIPs. And that's when I got in trouble because I like went, sat down, like, excuse me, this is VIP. I'm like, yeah, we are the the VIPs. But you <laughs> I know, know we may not look like it with our plaid uh, shirts and fucking you know. <laughs> we didn't dress than jeans we, or whatever, yeah. but you know. We looked like how we look. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, a bunch of scumbags yeah. and some pretty you know, girls. I know because it was one of those really classy like places where you know people were real dressed up. And it's the kind of place where terms like Euro trash are invented. You know, like really fancy. Like oh, after this, they're going to go to their yacht. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, and and I got a fight with the bouncer, and it, we, there was a very you know bad you know language barrier. You know, so I just wound up yelling, and then. Um, I said, okay, fuck it. We're out of here. Let's go. Let, let's go back to the hotel. Let's grab one bottle of vodka and head back to the hotel. You know, I was like, these people are rude. This is dance music anyway. You know, the yeah. thrill. It wasn't it. Our, our, our scene. Yeah. Not our scene, but, you know, who cares? You know, I, I wasn't expecting them to cater to our, our tastes, but at I least was. treat us with respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we wound up actually, you know, be, the guy came over. He's like, oh, we're sorry. You are supposed to be here. And the waitress who was trying to kick me out, who I got in an argument with, apparently she was like, let go, you know, because. No way. That's right. That's right. And I felt bad about that. I don't know if that's entirely true. Maybe we're being told, you know, but I, you know, I just remember like getting up out of my seat and putting my chest up against this other giant bouncer and be like, what? What the fuck are you going to do? Because I was wasted. You know? yeah, I know. So stupid. <laughs> that New York City I, came out. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, that's what I was feeling. I was like, wait a minute. Represent. <laughs> New York. <laughs> what up, bitches? <laughs> you know, and then everything chilled out. Then I remember we like got drunk and I was dancing with, you know, Kristen Farrell. And then I was uh, on the dance floor next to like these really tacky you know, older Euro women like cougar moms. So I started dancing with them, getting all like, yeah, like gonna go back to the yacht and you know have to have some kick. <laughs> anyway, the rest of the night I don't remember. I just remember back at the hotel yeah. at one point, and and I'm like in my in my suite, and I hear some rustling going out in the hallway, you know, and it was. Um, I think I, I, I bumped into Carla McCormick and I went into the room across the hall with him and it was the guys from the band and they were doing cocaine and talking about, you know, since one of the guys was, you know, the brother of a famous actress, you know, he, he's been there before for film festivals, whatever. So he's like, you know, showing off about restaurants and bars and you, oh, let's just go here. I'm like, yeah, okay. Enjoy your cocaine. I'm out of here. 
and I left because it was just. <laughs> was that the same? Was that the same night that somebody was running around butt ass naked through the hotel? No, that's the next night. That, oh, was the next... Next night. <laughs> that night, I remember then going back to my room and then hearing rustling around, and I look through the peephole of my door, and um, Carlo comes out of the room that I left, and and the rustling was him like there was a tray of food from earlier in the. <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was like that stumbling drug, you know, fishing. Like, and he was eating off of it. Was he? Yes, he was a big, <laughs> like cracker or something. You know, he was totally like looking for food because it was you know late. And... Anyway, that that next night, that was the night that there was the party. You know, we were supposed to sit in our rooms. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had a DJ. <laughs> Everybody had a DJ, and every D, like DJ like was so robbing the artist. Like, oh yeah! The store was Mimi Schultz had her room, and she had she caught the DJ going through her purse at one point when she came in. She's like, "What the fuck?" And it turns out later, I had my camera stolen while we were out that night. My camera was stolen. You had your passport stolen. stolen. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. got robbed. Yeah. I remember. You know, by the 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 fucking local DJs, these yeah. these you know, overrated you know jukeboxes, these 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 French cunts. Anyway, and that night it was like hotel party, like mm-hmm. the party was in the rooms, and you'd go from room to room. We closed up our rooms, you know, but somebody had keys, and they were going through all the rooms with their hotel keys. So it was somebody. Through the inside. So somebody related to the partouche, yeah, friends yeah, of friends, these rich right. cunts, moving around robbing everyone because mm-hmm. they're stupid cunts. And I doubt that any of them would ever hear any of this, but you know, <laughs> go fuck yourself. But I wound up spending time in your room mm-hmm. for a while with you and Aprella and knock at the door. And that's that's when the the down the hall there was somebody naked running down the hall, and there was somebody looking for that party wherever that naked guy was hanging out, and knocks on your door. Oh, and I answered the door, right. and and he's like, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, oh, looking for party, and I'm like, well, no, this we're just in the room hanging out. He's like, oh, oh you have uh, you have cocaine, and I'm like, like no, do you have any weed? <laughs> He goes, no. And so I slammed the door in his face. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> good, good night. Oh, fucking... my God. That's right. That's right. And that was the night, I think, you know, yeah. the next day you had to deal with I remember, your passport, I remember, that nightmare. At one point. To Kristen, this was probably when you were in the room too, or whatever. But Kristen Farrell was hanging out with the Prowler in the room. Oh no, 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 no! This is a, this is this was a different time. But Kristen Farrell was hanging out the room with Prowler, and this is the same time that yeah. I, I was like, I gotta go upstairs. I'll be right back. And I was saying to you, and I did one of those things where I didn't take the yeah. elevator, but I walked up the steps, but I used the wall to like guide me the whole fucking way up. Every, you know, because it was like three flights or whatever. So every fucking flight, and then I fucking opened up the door, and I literally fell through the door and hit the floor. And Christopher was like, "All right, Aprilo, good night. I'll see you later." <laughs> oh God, good, yeah, yeah. Uh, on that yeah. note, and then, and then we 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 were supposed to fly home, but that didn't happen because my I had to get. Yeah. yeah, you had to yeah. stay behind and get a new passport. You had to like drive to the next town, 
to go to the consulate. Next town. And I wound up like flying home with uh, Kristen and Matthew Boone. Yeah, yeah, the, the town that had a consulate. Yeah, and I flew home with uh, Matthew Bone and Kristen Farrell, and because uh, we they had a connecting flight from New York to Los Angeles together, and I remember at the airport, and in uh, still in France, and some guy comes up after staring at us for a while, comes up to Kristen and asked her if she was Amy Winehouse, <laughs> wanted her autograph, and Kristen's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh god what that was a that was a heck of a time oh i got a head rush yeah, i went so up much. missing the the day after the nightclub was our interview day like all the artists were getting interviewed for <laughs> yeah and you didn't because you fucking i missed ended up. i slept Dude, that you slept entire till, day you slept until almost five o'clock or something that day yeah or like yeah. Six, even, even later it was later yeah. and and because the rooms were like divided between like there was my front room a suite so when you banged on my front door, there was a whole other room and another door to get to, to me. Get to, yeah, yeah. So I heard nothing. I was out cold. Yeah. And finally, I think he had, someone had to get the key from the front desk to see if I was still breathing. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> but I was breathing. I was just passing out. Oh, yeah, you just out. <laughs> you said you got up a few times or whatever, but like yeah, just laid back down again. <laughs> water, yeah. yeah. The curtains were drawn. I, I were closed, but they were they. You know, it was dark. It was so funny though. That was the one day that we were all supposed to like. Yeah, I, be, yeah, be, I you know interviews and present. show the yeah. work, and that was the one day that was open to the public. Yeah, but I wound up selling a painting that night. Oh wow! To some, somebody. That's well, right. I didn't say you know. That's right. The painting was sold, so you know, I had to like come downstairs for five minutes to meet the buyer. That was a rope one. Yeah, that was the large one. Yeah, Spence. yeah, that was a huge painting. Yeah, it was a big piece. I came downstairs to to see the buyer, and you know, ah, 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 and then I went back upstairs and uh, crashed. <laughs> so mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Game on. Where's the next one? Yeah. It paid for my stolen camera. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the passport was a small price to play pay for that for that amazing. <laughs> It was a hell of a memory, trip. you know. Yeah, that's a good time, a and that would probably be the first time and last time I'm sure in my life that I'll probably be there. So, because I, I have no purpose to go there other, other than that. So, yeah, it was yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Resort French resort. Although you know the 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 Film one thing Festival. I'm jealous of you is you got to drive you know along the coast and get to see. Yeah, some but of the I was so coastline. upset, man. I was yeah, so it, sure. You it were. was so like it was pretty and everything, but at the same time I'm just like. Fuck! Can't believe this is happening. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. and then I felt so guilty, overwhelmed, like overwhelmed with guilt too, because then I was thinking, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking that uh, with the mindset of somebody from this festival stole my shit. It was more like, yeah. like oh, somebody's happened to pay all this money to drive me three hours in a fucking Mercedes. Yeah, like you know, yeah, uh, you know, to uh, to go get a new passport. But yeah, but we did it. We did it. We did it. Fun times. It was fun times. Wow. Hour and forty. Hour and forty one. One forty one. Wow. That's yeah. that's a that, that's a cue. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cue. <laughs> if that isn't a, a, a time to shut up, I don't know what is. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to another week of Gimme Babble. Uh, just to remind you guys, we are. You can find us on SoundCloud iTunes, and we would love it if you would give us a follow on SoundCloud. 
or subscribe on iTunes. And also, if you wouldn't mind, if you dig what you're hearing, if you could leave us some positive feedback on iTunes and give us a, uh, uh, a rating, that'd be great because that yeah. helps us, you know, possibly. goes a long way. It yeah. goes a long way that those those little little bits and pieces so that we, you know, we, we could keep doing this. And also you could write to us if you want to really, you know, share your thoughts, uh, at, uh, gimme babble at gmail.com. You could send us an email, follow us on Twitter at gimme babble and, um, you know, give share any ideas for topics, questions you might have for us so that we could, uh, stay on track with something, <laughs> you know, that you might find interesting or, um, or whatever, just get and a shout. Can, yeah. And you can also find us on uh, YouTube where we have a YouTube channel at, is it gimme babble, David? Yeah, you'll you'll find us Gimme Babble if you search Gimme Babble on YouTube. There's a uh, a channel where right now there's just one video, but we'll be posting more videos of demos of from you know techniques. I I'm gonna make a demo on you know basic stuff like the the artist really could benefit from from how to hang a painting to how to build a frame to how to you know gild a frame to how to you know where I was doing some carbon transfers and how to how to make wax encaustics you know any and any suggestions for demos that you'd like to see that you know please uh, send us those suggestions to give me babble at gmail.com because you know we don't know what you'd like to know and maybe there's something we're not paying attention to you want to you want to know about let us know about it Scooby Doo thank you for lending us your ears and we will see you next week I love you and I'm sorry